the best cherries I've ever tasted in my entire life. And I'm glad I'm gonna get to utilize some of this juice right now. I might just squirt some right into my mouth. <laughs> That's what she said. It's not just the patients that are dying that see this or hear this. It's the doctors and nurses when they see small children running around their bed and outside their door. I want something sexy. That's L-I-Q-U-O-R. Don't get it twisted. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Kitty Liquor. That's L-I-Q-U-O-R. Don't get it twisted. Or you might get a needle in the ass. Just kidding. This is actually a marker. <laughs> and it came with this costume. So clearly I'm dressed as a naughty nurse. And I'm here to give you more than just your prescription. Who else screws up prescription and subscription? <laughs> Sometimes I'll call in for a, a prescription and I say subscription and I'm like, oops, I mean, and then I'm like, wait, is it that? Anyway, I am not only here to give you your prescription, I'm here to um, let you know that you've been very naughty and you're going to have to pay for that. <laughs> So this is episode 109. And I think in the last episode, I kept calling it 107, but it was 108. But I just let my editor know. I'm like, if I did just put like the proper number over my lips every time I say it, because I don't know what the hell. This is definitely 109. This is the third podcast in October. And I'm dressed as a naughty nurse. Um, this costume did not come with anything here. <laughs> so luckily, I have a nice red swimsuit top that happens to go quite well with this costume. It's a little racy, probably. And if you're listening to this podcast, go ahead to YouTube so you can see what I'm talking about. But um, also these earrings, I was like, is there some type of nursey, doctor, hospital-y type earrings that I have? No. So this is just a heart in a bag. <laughs> <laughs> and it's red and it's cute, so it works. So today, first of all, I want to show you these. These came in the mail. These are all of my toppers that I can use to properly, I don't know, close off my, my bottles. Um, but also I ordered a bunch of these caps that fit onto the top. So now I won't have any fruit flies or anything getting into my alcohol bottles. Um, what's really funny is these don't actually come with these, which is wild to me because it should have something. I was actually putting like rolled up paper towel in these to keep, to make sure no bugs or anything was getting in because I have a whiskey bottle with like 20 fruit flies. I don't said 40, but it's not, it's probably only actually like eight from it just being open. So obviously it makes sense that it should be covered. But maybe some people just use it, take it off, wash it. They don't keep it in the bottle all the time. But I'm a, I'm keeping these in my bottles. They're so convenient. And I didn't actually realize, but if you look at how these are, I'm like, they're essentially allowing air to enter as you're pouring. So it's not creating this like glug, glug, glug effect. It's just pouring out nice and smoothly. Duh. I also ordered some fun things. I won't share everything with you just because you're probably not interested. And I like to bust out little surprises 
for my future podcast when I'm making different types of cocktails. But I ordered a bunch of these. These are cocktail picks. And basically just like you could put your, a slice of lemon, you could do your, put your cherries on here, any type of other cocktail little garnish. Um, and I love that there's gold, silver, rose gold, and like this like pewter. So there's that. I've also got some new syrups and bitters. It's funny because this here is cinnamon bitters and I tasted it. It literally just tastes, it doesn't taste concentrated. It literally tastes like a bit of cinnamon and water. So I'm kind of confused about the bitter situation because they're not really giving a lot like when I taste them. I just assumed they would be a little bit more concentrated, but they're not. Anyway, not that that matters. Yes, so today I've got an interesting idea. I have a medical device here. It looks a lot like a needle, but it's not. It's just a syringe. Now, my idea is to suck up some of that delicious cherry juice that I have behind me and inject it into my cocktail, but I'm gonna leave it in the cocktail I'm just going to add cherry juice as I see fit. <laughs> and I figured what a fun little creepy cocktail, especially for Halloween. So I'm going to use my little beaker glass. Very um, scientific looking. Looks like um, my dishwasher was having a heyday here. That's all right. It's Halloween. <laughs> And it can't be worse than, well, the last cocktail that I made, not the last one, but the one before with the skull glass. That was disgusting and should have looked like it was something that came right out of a Petri dish or just like rotting flesh. It was really gross. Tasted great, but never freeze milk into an ice cube and put it in your cocktail because it will come apart in pieces. And it looks really gross because it was strawberry milk and it was like flesh toned. Anyway, so to, this is my idea. I've got some fresh orange juice. Well, not fresh, but a fresh jug of orange juice. I've also got some rosemary and clove cocktail syrup. I did taste this. It is kind of sweet, so I don't want to use a lot of it. I'm going to be free pouring today because all my stuff is in the dishwasher. <laughs> um, so that's fun. I've also got my mini bottle of Stoli, which I'm going to add right now. One of my new little lids. Come on now, get on there. Oh wait, I know why. No, maybe not. It's just not designed for the, the whole thing. That's fine. Wait, is it gonna pop out? Maybe I can't use it on this bottle. I guess because it's a mini bottle? It's okay. I really actually don't need it for this mini bottle, this mini puny, ridiculous poo-poo bottle. <laughs> Uh, and then I'm going to do fill my syringe with some of this decadent cherry juice. And yes, I'm wearing white mini shorts with this outfit because first of all, you're not going to see them. Well, you just did, but the mini skirt that goes with this outfit is this wide and it pretty much just becomes a belt as soon as I sit down. So I'm just going to wear my white booty shorts that I worked out in this morning with. <laughs> My sweaty white booty shorts. So I don't have any ice either. Probably should have. 
thought that one through, but the orange juice is cold from the fridge. So that's a plus. And like I said, this is a Halloween cocktail. So we're just gonna wing it. So first I'm gonna do about two ounces of this because this is the only alcohol we're using in this, or is it? Do I wanna get crazy? Nah. <laughs> I mean, I am crazy already, but. Two ounces? Probably close. If I measured it, it would probably be pretty close. That's what I'm going to tell myself. Then I'm going to add about an ounce of the syrup. We'll see how it comes out though. Oh wait, nope. That's about all we're going to use. <laughs> There's going to be so much sugar in this because of the freaking cherry juice. And then we're just going to give it a little swirly whirl. That is some thick ass syrup. You see that in there? Let's add some orange juice. Oops. <laughs> I don't need alcohol in my makeup. It's going to melt it off. Don't melt off my makeup. It actually kind of evaporated, I think, as soon as it hit my face. Can you see anything? If <laughs> you can, my ultimate excuse is that it's a Halloween podcast and it doesn't matter because it's supposed to be creepy and weird, right? Oh, I wish I had that rule for life in every, over every holiday. <laughs> okay, here we go. All right, so we have our orange juice in there. The rosemary and clove smells really good. Like... Quite interesting. Now for the fun part. So these cherries, I ordered these from Cocktail Emporium. Cocktail Emporium has a ton of different types of cherries. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I bought this for the bottle. <laughs> um, they have like jarred orange zest and things like that. Anyway, bought it for the bottle. And you know what? The best cherries I've ever tasted in my entire life. And I'm glad I'm gonna get to utilize some of this juice right now. I might just squirt some right into my mouth. <laughs> That's what she said. All right, here we go. This is like fresh out of the thing. <laughs> so, oh, it says here for single use. Hmm, good thing I'm single. Mm. This is going into my own cocktail. Every time I taste this, it like puts me into a trance. Whoa. If this was a lollipop, a death of the lollipop, <laughs> it's like, I'm starting to get all, woo, tranquilize myself here. Um, then I would just be eating it all day long. So I think there's probably lots. What do you think? I don't want to stick it back in there, so. Yeah, that's a lot of sugar. So here <laughs> is my cocktail and let's add a cherry because that's just what we're gonna do. I'm gonna use actually the silver. I'm gonna use the silver dot because it looks more medical. 
looks like stainless steel. And um, let's just see if I can actually stab one of these. Oh my God. I don't want to drip any of my actual finger juice in there. Oh baby. This is so packed full of flavor that let's actually put it up higher so I can see it. Mm, you're probably getting disgusted hearing me licking my fingers on this goddamn microphone. Can you guys even hear me right now? It's a little far away. Hmm. That's fine. It's a good, it's a good microphone. Well, I'm going to inject my drink. Here we go. Ready? Did you even see it? It's, it's there. And I guess I could stir it by sucking it up and squishing it back in. <laughs> okay. Let's try. Oh, very refreshing. Could use an ice cube. The rosemary and clove syrup gives it this like depth that I can't explain. I bet if you added that to a cocktail, if you literally just added this to Sprite or 7-Up or something and added vodka, people would be like, what is that? I would definitely, even though like I said before, this is not sponsored by Cocktail Emporium, but they have some really interesting stuff. And even if you're just like a seasonal cocktail maker where, say you're having guests over for Christmas, go to the website and like they have really different interesting stuff. And like this rosemary and clove, it looks like it looks like olive oil or something, doesn't it? Um, this is special. They have so many different flavors of like everything you can imagine. Cherries, like I said, you can buy like orange rinds and whatever you need to make your cocktail party amazing. And also, they also sell glasses, different, um, like glasses. <laughs> they don't also sell reading glasses, glasses um, in all different shapes, traditional kind of coupes and really cool stuff. Lots of tiki stuff as well. If you're having like a tiki party, right now they have, they're featuring this like, I think I definitely got lipstick all over my upper lip. Um, they're featuring Beetlejuice, Okay, Beetlejuice-themed tiki shot glasses. Where the hell else are you going to find something like that? Let me just open up my camera here. Oh, okay. Not bad. I almost have, like, flight attendant vibes slash flight attendant slash nurse. Could you imagine, actually, if there was an airline where all of the... <laughs> All of the flight attendants dressed in like a certain theme, like there was a nurse, there was a French maid, there's like an actual flight attendant, maybe, but but like kind of, or like a police officer. I think that'd be cute. Very, very nice. What are we going to call this? Um... Let's call this O negative because that's my blood type. <laughs> it's the type of blood I like to consume is what I should say. Um, and this cherry is going bye-bye. 
So the cherries I'm figuring out, they don't taste like your usual maraschino cherry. There is almost like an almond undertone. Something very like, I don't want to say savory, but it's hitting my palate in such a way that there's something else in there. And it's almost giving me like an amaretto kind of under. I wonder if it says the ingredients. No, it's all Italian. Oh, wait. No, it's okay. I don't want to know. I want it to be like a magical mystery. <laughs> all right. So um, let me just see here. Okay. Forgive me if I talked about this before. Um, I've had a few conversations with a few different people about this kind of mini documentary that I saw. So I can't remember if I told you guys, but uh, I was watching this program and it was on YouTube. And I'm sure I'd be able to find it again because it's the only one that I've ever seen like it. So I believe it's Mexico. There is a doctor slash scientist that concocted concocted a fluid that can rehydrate dead bodies. Okay, so this is, it's super interesting. Let me just preface this by um, letting you know the fascination I've had with death, dead bodies, decomposition. Um, and I don't want to say that I have like an obsession about it, but when I was younger, I think because it's like, in the end, we're all going to die. How? Not sure. Some people are buried. Some people are cremated. Some people disappear. Some people are, they, they're dried up in the desert or they're, they die on Mount Everest. I actually know a guy whose father died on Mount Everest. But anyway, um, so like the, it's just part of like what our future will, it in, involves <laughs> ultimately. And I, um, so I just had this fascination and I never really was grew up around anything like that. I'd never seen somebody die or a dead body or whatever. So I think part of that was like just curiosity. And But there are some really interesting Instagram pages um, of um, either morticians or are they morticians or they're um, like crews that go and clean up after a body has been discovered, right? And then they talk about how this person died, why they died how it could have been prevented, natural causes. Sometimes it's like a beautiful thing how somebody dies. Sometimes it's brutal. And so it's really fascinating to go through these pages. They don't, they always blur the face. So it's not like super, it's gory, but it's not like, I also get easily disturbed, which is funny because like you don't, you wouldn't think that I could be both. So I've always kind of been fascinated. So this, when I saw this sort of documentary pop up, I couldn't resist. And I do have to be in the right mood. I don't want to be eating anything at the time. I do kind of get a little turned off if I'm watching the wrong thing. Um, essentially, so essentially, basically this documentary is about this guy that invented this fluid. He won't share his recipe. Um, and this has been attempted many, many times before to rehydrate a body, but it's never worked. It's always, you can just imagine the things that go wrong with trying to rehydrate a body. And, and the purpose of rehydrating a body is to collect evidence. You can see their tattoos fully. You can take fingerprints. You can get actual facial features. Um, so there is like a purpose behind what this guy is doing. So he's he's helped solve multiple 
murders um, or basically determine the cause of death for some of these bodies and also find out who they are. Because sometimes if you don't have DNA in the system or like say you've never been arrested or whatever and you're just kind of like a John Doe, how do they identify you? Maybe you've never been to the dentist or like... So anyway, so he patents this or he's waiting for a patent on this fluid that he's figured out. And <laughs> you guys have to watch this. This is absolutely insane. Essentially, for this specific documentary, they have a body that was dug up from some grave, some grave that they, f they found a body. It was a construction site. They found the body. They called the police. They have no idea who this guy is. Um, they can't identify him in any way. And unfortunately, I guess in Mexico, this happens quite often. So what happens is this guy takes this, however he's notified, he's working with police, obviously, so they know that he can do this. They want to identify him. They contact him. In his office where he rehydrates these bodies, he has this plexiglass coffin and a hoist with kind of a, like a, I guess like a mesh where they can put the body, lower the body into this coffin, remove the harness and everything. And so until, and it's in there and they show all of this. Okay. And it's really fascinating because you do have a bit of a separation because it almost has mummified this body. It's not looking super creepy. And then they start taking jugs of this fluid that this guy has, the secret fluid, starts dumping it into this plexiglass casket with his body in. And it shows the process, the rehydration process. And so they, I believe it's 72 hours, so three full days of soaking. And I'm telling you right now, if you have like a weak stomach, this will not be for you because the fluid eventually turns this brown gray color and it shows them rotating the body. So like he's not fully submerged because I think he floats a bit. <laughs> so they have to rotate him. I think every 12 hours they go in, turn the body. And it's funny because the guy that's filming this, I don't know what he is, if he's just a documentary maker, if he is a doctor himself or, oh my gosh, this guy puts the doc in documentary. <laughs> anyway, so uh, he describes things like the smell and like what it smells like. And he said, it's kind of like, a, what did he say? He said like, kind of like a barn, chemically barn smell. I'm like, God, it would have been, it the thought of that was like, because I was curious. I'm like, these guys are in there, no masks. This body is rehydrating. What does it smell like? Because you're re-triggering all the decomposition and anyway. <laughs> So, long story short, they rehydrate this body. It is absolutely insane what this dead body looks like after it's rehydrated. It looks like he's literally laying there and he had just died. Like the color of his skin is white, so it's not like there's no pigment. Like, like it's not pink like my skin, it's white. His fingers, his hands, everything. It's almost like I'm trying to remember if the joints and stuff were loose 
or if he was still stiff, but I want to say that I think his everything was rehydrated. Nothing stiff anymore. It's like he can, you can move his fingers like this and it's crazy. So they discovered tattoos that he had. He had this random tattoo, I think on his leg that was hilarious. It was like a penis or something that was like, I don't know. All I'm saying is if you're bored one night, I think that it's probably half an hour long, maybe even 20 minutes long. Uh, if I remember, I'm going to link it. But essentially, if you go on YouTube and type in um, scientist or doctor that rehydrates bodies, Mexico or something, I'm sure it will pop up. Um, but this guy, his, his beard, his eyes, his hair, they got fingerprints from him. And like when you rehydrate, it makes sense that you'd have to do it in such a specific way so that there's no bloating and like so where the fingers are tight or it's not hydrated enough or the skin slips, you know, so like there's lots of factors to factor in. But it's also interesting, too, because in the documentary, the guy that's filming interviews other doctors that have tried similar things or and they, they don't believe like it's it's just filmed really well and super fascinating. So check it out, especially in October. You have an excuse to watch something super creepy and creep yourself out worth looking into. And like I said, I'm going to do my best to, you know what I'm going to do right now? I'm just going to do what I told you to do and see if I can find it because I will recognize the image immediately. Okay, so it's called, it's, the channel is called Motherboard and the video is called NSFW, not safe for work, uh, reviving the dead with DIY forensic still life full documentary. It's 36 minutes long. Um, but like I said, Motherboard is the channel. And the title is NSFW, Reviving the Dead with DIY Forensics Still Life. So, wow. There's that. Last time, I also did some creepy stories with the last time or the time before. Let me have another sippy sip of my O negative. <laughs> More like O positive. Woo. <laughs> so cheesy. Okay. Creepy stories. Now I'm going to read these for the first time with you as well. What got me last time, and if you didn't watch that episode, there is a true life creepy story. And it really just made me hit the floor when they mentioned that they found some sort of like hatch that went into some basement and they found a cat wearing their chihuahua's clothing. <laughs> oh shit. They found a cat wearing their pet chihuahua's clothing in this hatch. And then it turned out like you maybe just go and watch the episode to understand the full story. But that was crazy. That just hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, what? That's I unlike anything I've ever heard in my entire life. So this is called the seven scariest true ghost stories on Reddit. So there's a couple categories of creepy stories. Real life crime stories that involve really creepy situations. And one of them I might bring up again because it's too creepy to not bring up every Halloween. Let me write it down so I don't forget. I only have to write down three words to remember this story. But anyway, this is, oh yeah. So, so creepy true crime stories and then creepy ghost stories, like unexplained stories. The difference is one, there's like evidence and like, you know, you can find stuff to back up stories. Then there are people that just tell fantasy stories. 
But then there are people that actually are telling the truth. And can you distinguish who's telling the truth, who's not? Not necessarily. But I've had enough experiences in my life to know that there are some paranormal things going on around us, probably at all times, that um, makes me really lean more to the belief side of these stories. But then it's like, it's funny, I was watching a Ghost Adventures episode, me getting totally sidetracked. I was watching a Ghost Adventures episode where there was supposedly this woman that was being scratched by a demon in her house. And so Ghost Adventures goes, and I think it was called Ghost Adventures House Calls. It was like a special kind of series that they did where they would go to people's, just everyday people's houses that were having demonic attachments or unexplained activity, poltergeist shit going on. And typically they'll have video evidence or audio evidence of this going on. So this one... (laughs) They go into this lady's house. I think she's married with a couple kids. And she's explaining to them that she gets scratched all the time. And then there's all sorts of weird things going on in her house. So they go there, set up all their equipment, set up their cameras, and are capturing nothing. They don't have weird vibes. They're not feeling anything. Typically, like Zach, the host of the show, he'll get kind of more like he's more of a... He can sense things more and be like, this is the room where we need to investigate more. And I believe him. Like, I believe that there is, he does have the special kind of connection and ability. But he was like, I got nothing. I got nothing. So anyway, lo and behold, the woman shows up out of the blue with three huge scratches on her back. Now, she has a disability, apparently, where she can't lift her arm more than this because she had an accident or something. And she can't lift her arm farther than this. So she can't have done it herself, right? So they're like, whoa, look at this. This is crazy. They review footage. It shows her fully extending her elbow, scratching herself mid-back. And she doesn't know that there's a camera there. So she just, she royally fucked up and was caught. And that whole episode of Ghost Adventures was like kibosh because they were like, this is all fake, bitch. (laughs) She's just looking for attention. Like, what an idiot. She's so stupid anyway. So, um, but that, my point is, is that there are people like that that will just do anything and say anything to make you believe them. So I get that too. So I'm not totally like unbiased about when I'm reading stories. I get that people make shit up, but I also, I like the, the creep factor. Mm. Now I'm going to read the title and then read the story. The first one is... This made me stop working the night shift. Oh man, I just had a chunk of cherry that like came out of my tooth and I was just reminiscing, it was delicious. <laughs> User U Bad Mama Jama 080818 posted about their time working night shifts in a long-term care home on the subreddit R Ghost Stories. One night a resident's bell rang at 2:59 a.m. When the user entered the room, the patient asked that they remove the dark figure without a face that was hiding in her bathroom. Shaken, they assured the resident that they had done so and returned to their desk. So they obviously went to the bathroom and said, okay, leave now. Okay, come with me. Here we go. We're leaving. You know, like just to kind of make the patient feel better, I'm assuming. Ten minutes later, another resident's bell rang on the opposite end of the floor. Upon entering... This patient said, there's a creepy man in my room with no face. You need to get him out. Once again, returning to their desk, terrified, the care specialist asked that that a nurse stay with them for the rest of their shift. So that is creepy. Our bizarre experience. This is the next one. (laughs) I'm like thinking about this, actually, this movie, the scene from a movie that I saw one time. 
where the kid calls his dad in and his dad goes to the kid and that's laying in bed and said, dad, there's a kid in the closet. You have to go get him out. I'm scared. So the dad walks over to the closet and it's his kid sitting in the closet saying, dad, there's a kid in my bed. You have to get him out. And he looks back and there's nothing in the kid's bed, but the kid's hiding in the closet. And it's like, ah, it's like crazy. <laughs> I mean, you have to be in the right mood with a bowl of popcorn, you know, and like no distractions to get really creeped out. But here's the next story. Our bizarre experiences with the forest behind our house eventually forced us to move out. I'm surrounded by forests, so I hope this isn't too creepy. <laughs> User U Whippisfield, Wisp, Wispyfield, posted this creepy first-hand account on the subreddit R Paranormal in October of 2021. I'm um, just you know I am gonna read those just to give the proper credit where it's due. At the age of eight, their family moved to a house bordered by a forest. Their dogs were immediately terrified for the forest and for terrified of the forest and would bark while they started at particular areas. Okay, let me just reread that. I am doing terribly here. At the age of eight, their family moved to a house bordered by a forest. Their dogs were immediately terrified of the forest and would bark while they, while they stared at a particular area. At night, they would hear sounds like people walking around in the forest behind their house, and sometimes they even saw shadowy figures. Then they began to hear knocking on their back door and windows. As things escalated, voices began to come from the woods that seemed to impersonate other family members. This prompted them to build a fence in their backyard and install security cameras. That's a good idea. Though the knocking and tapping continued, a culprit was never caught on camera. Someone walked in the back door on the final day they stayed in the house. Someone walked in the back door on the final day they stayed in the house. They left after seeing the security camera footage that showed the back door open on its own. The end. <laughs> okay. Uh, little kids running around the ICU when deaths come is the next story. Reddit user you, Dr. Yared posted an intriguing insight into the end-of-life experiences in hospitals on the subreddit R Paranormal in February 2022. Another interesting um, uh, Instagram page that I follow is a woman that works in hospice and talks about like what happens towards the end of life and like the natural occurrences that happen the last few days before you die and things like that. So that's another interesting kind of like weird thing that I do or watch. This doctor described a particular phenomenon that occurs towards the end of many patients' lives when they see small children running around their bed and outside their door. The doctor explains that this is more common in an ICU, but that the pattern is very recognizable and the experience is very similar across all cultural backgrounds and ages. Experienced doctors and nurses are used to reports like these from their patients and learn to expect their passing when they hear this. The post concluded by stating... So if you are doing rounds in the ICU late at night and hear some snickering or tiny feet running in the hallways, prepare because the call of the code green or code red is about to sound off in the PA system. Even creepier are the scores of comments from healthcare workers beneath the post that confirm their similar experiences with this phenomenon. Whoa. Okay, so it's not just the patients that are dying that see this or hear this. It's the doctors and nurses. 
that see when they see small children running around their bed and outside their door. Weird, because you'd think that like, if a patient is describing this, it's like they're going back to their childhood or they're having like memories and they're like, it's a beautiful thing there. But if there's actual like, that freaks me out. I swear to God, if my power goes off, I'm gonna flip. <laughs> I'm getting creeped out. That does creep me out. But yeah, the fact that I can, like I said, if, if nurses and doctors are seeing it and they can kind of expect a, a code green or code red. Have you ever been someplace like in a hospital or where there's like a random call on an intercom? Like I was in a hospital, like when my Oma was in, in the hospital, she was in there for an ulcer. This was not like close to when she eventually died, but there was an, a call like for a code green and I'm like what is code I looked it up after like what does code green mean but like there's different codes for different hospitals to not alarm patients and things like that but the code green that I looked up for the hospital was something like an erratic patient that needs to be detained or something but I'm like what does that actually mean like <laughs> I'd like to know <laughs> is there a sudden outbreak you know did half the hospital collapse? I don't know. But, you know, it's kind of like, what, is, what do these things mean? Also, did you know that in, like, Walmarts and big box stores, like maybe Superstore or when a kid goes missing, they have a very special code that they say over the intercom where everybody knows except for the person, the kidnapper or whatever. It's not obvious, like, kidnapping in aisle six. Like, it's like the one that I heard was in Walmart in Cranbrook. <laughs> And it was like something to the effect of, uh, it was an aisle. It was like clean up on aisle seven. And there was a red, the word red in it. But it was like red t-shirt clean up or like something just random. And um, and I asked one of the ladies that was working in like the clothing department. She's like, oh, she's like, they're gonna, they're closing the front doors. They're closing all the doors. So basically that meant there was a kid missing in the store. They closed the front doors immediately. All the exit doors are closed. Um, so that whoever took the kid or whatever has to is like locked in the store. Probably doesn't always work, but like at least there's something that they're doing. Um, anyway, <laughs> so that's, yeah, that's creepy. This next one is called, <laughs> the one after this next one I'm going to read is called Haunting Furby. <laughs> so this one's called Strange Woman on the Phone. A user on Our Paranormal posted this hair-raising story about something she experienced in 2013 when she worked as an insurance claims inspector. She typically called her clients about 30 minutes before showing up at the site, ins site for, for inspection. One day, she called a client's home phone to let them know she was on her way, and a very old-sounding woman answered the phone with what sounded like a poor, static-filled connection. Hello? Can you hear me? Hello? <laughs> That's my old lady voice, okay? After she was disconnected, she called back. There was no answer. She then tried the cell number on the file, and a young woman answered, saying she was out but would, be, would return home within 30 minutes. When she arrived, the insurance inspector rang the doorbell, thinking that whoever initially answered the home phone would answer the door. However, no one did. A few moments later, the young woman who answered the cell phone arrived, Apologetic, the inspector explained that she might have woken up the young woman's mother. The woman looked confused and scared and explained that there, wa there wasn't an older woman living in the house. After going inside, they checked the caller ID 
and discovered that when the inspector called, someone had answered the first call. The young woman became pale and terrified as she explained that she had recently moved into this home and had been telling her husband that she thought their house was haunted by an old woman. Wow, that is creepy. Ooh, I got chills again. So, yeah, that's very weird and unexplainable because home phones, you know, you have to be home to answer it. And the fact that somebody answered your phone when you weren't home, that's a little... Look creepy. Okay, this is called haunted verbi. Oh, sorry, haunting verbi. I keep thinking this like medical device is a straw. <laughs> haunting Furby. This chilling story was posted on our paranormal encounters by you chocolated cutty <laughs> in July of 2021. This user owned the original Furby, and when they were younger, and 10 years later, they found it in their father's attic. Oh, sorry. The, this user owned the original Furby when they were younger, and 10 years later, they found it in their father's attic. At this point, it was pretty worn down. The plastic rubber on the nose was gone, and its fur was pretty matted. They put it down and continued looking for what they originally needed in the attic. As they walked away the Furby started to make odd, distorted sounds. The voice was sketchy and unsettling, but they didn't think much of it. <laughs> the toy was 10 years old and it had been moved and bumped around a lot. After it continued to make sounds, they walked over to it and discovered that there weren't any batteries. This is like a classic murderous toy scenario. In fact, they realized it hadn't had batteries for seven or eight years which sent them running out of the attic, never to return. That's probably a good move. Like, there's so many horror movies that I've seen where the people are running upstairs, downstairs, instead of out the frickin' door, you know? Like, first thing I would do, if there was something crazy paranormal happening in my house, and there was maybe something in my house, out the front door right away. And I don't have neighbors, <laughs> but if I lived in a neighborhood... I would be screaming down the street, help, help, help. And I would be knocking on every goddamn door that I could just to get the hell away. But in these movies, they tend to run upstairs, downstairs. I mean, a lot of times there's like other people in the house they probably love and want to like save. So, I mean, it does make sense in some scenarios, but typically get me the frick out of there. <sighs> this one's called... An experience I've had a hard time processing. User you banana bread man zero zero shared his, this interesting family ghost story from ten years ago on the R Ghost Stories subreddit in June of 2022. At the time, he was 12 years old and jumping on a trampoline in the trampoline in his backyard. He could see his upstairs bedroom window and a woman in a white dress waving at him from his adjoining bathroom window, thinking it was his mom. He went inside and discovered that his mom wasn't home. Excuse me, just burping, not chalked. <laughs> when she returned home later from running errands, he described seeing the woman in the white, seeing the woman in white in his bathroom. Because he was growing up in the same house as his mother, she admitted that she had also seen that woman twice when she was younger, as had his grandmother. He goes on to say, it still kind of bothers me because I know I now sleep in the room with that bathroom. I can see that same window from where I'm sitting right now. All right, this is the last one. 
Uh, it's called the Crib Shadow. User uexcellent reach 6641 posted this real life nightmare fuel on the R Ghost Story subreddit in July of 2022. While babysitting his niece, he drifted off while studying and watching her from the baby camera monitor. So he drifted off, meaning he fell asleep. He was awakened by the sound of whispering coming from the baby monitor and immediately noticed the video on the monitor showed a dark figure in a corner of his niece's room near her crib. As he wrote, I have never felt more terrified in my entire life. He ran into his niece's room and didn't see the shadow figure, but grabbed her and ran back to the living room. That's good. Good plan. Grab the kid. Get out of there. <laughs> Don't just notice there's nothing there and leave the kid there. When his brother returned... He asked that he not tell his wife and confirmed that he had also seen the same shadow figure and heard the whispers near the crib. They continued to live in that house for another four years, despite the fact that the little girl frequently talked about her special friend. Do you like reading scary stories on Reddit? <laughs> now I'm getting into an ad. So creepy. Do you have any creepy unexplained stories? I'd like to read them down in the comments. Um, because I've had some myself, I've talked about them before, but if you've had something like unexplainable, not even necessarily creepy or ghosty or whatever, but like something unexplained that you maybe don't think is a ghost, but you know, or maybe even a creepy true life story, crime story. Um, I do definitely want you to watch that one documentary though, because I still think about it. And the fact that, like, the guy is doing it and helping people, it's not just discovering brutal things. And, you know, it's like they're actually solving cases and contacting families and all that fun stuff. So, I mean, not fun stuff. <laughs> Wrong choice of words, but um, you know what I mean. Uh, but the process is fascinating. I would love to watch a couple more. And when I looked that up, to be honest, there was a couple more happening down below that I might watch if they... If they are what I think they are, but... Oh my god, I have this stupid idea. Listen to this. So you've heard of vaginal tightening. It's like it's like a medical procedure you can have done. Like, a, like almost like a plastic surgery for your pussy. <laughs> and it's called tight, like vaginal tightening. And I don't know how they do it. If they go in there and they like sew it up more or something. But then I've also heard that they put this like electrical wand up there that does something and causes the tissues to tighten. I don't know. I've never looked into it. I've heard about it. I've seen it on Real Housewives where they go in there for these procedures. But I was like, wouldn't it be funny if they were called procedures? <laughs> it's a procedure. That's my joke. That's all I got. <laughs> um, one more thing, because this is creepy too. I saw this video on YouTube of an interrogation between an investigator, like an officer, and this the suspect. What the investigator or police officer or the interrogator didn't know was that the guy he was interrogating had been shot in the eye and had a bullet in his brain. And he did not know. He was the guy that he was interrogating, like this poor guy was all beat up and it looked, so it was hard to tell that he needed medical help. And he was telling the officer, the guy came in and he shot me, he shot me in the eye. And then he shot like the person he was with or staying with had been murdered. And he's sitting there. He had been shot. The interrogator didn't know. 
But this poor guy keeps saying, I just want to lay down. I just want to go to sleep. And then he was all like all over the place. But of course, are they on drugs? Are they like you just, the, this cop doesn't necessarily think right away that he needs medical attention, even though he looks like he probably does. So he's telling him, like, no, and then he keeps retelling the story. Like, he doesn't have the wherewithal to be like, I got shot in the eye. There's a bullet in my brain right now, okay? He's been shot. He's barely hanging on. And he's saying, he keeps repeating the, st the same story. Yeah, and then I got shot in the eye. And then the officer's like, you got shot in the eye. He's like, yeah, I got shot in the eye. And the officer's like, okay. So he's not believing anything he's saying. Anyway, later on, he look at you. There's footage of the... <laughs> The officer looking at his eye, getting medical people in there, taking the guy out. And yeah, later on finds out that the guy had a bullet in his head the whole time. Such a sick video too, because this poor guy is like, oh yeah, like telling him the whole time. and But he's confused because his brain is probably being filled with blood and who knows what's going on. I think he survived and everything worked out. But holy crap. I'd feel so, like, the cop probably felt pretty bad. And you don't know. If you don't know, you don't know. And you're probably dealing with people on drugs all the time. And who knows what kind of stories they're telling. And this guy's a suspect because he's, like, the only survivor. And, ugh. Crazy. So, oh, missing phone calls left and right. That's all right. They know that I'm working. So what are your plans for Halloween? Do you ever do anything for Halloween? Does your work do anything for Halloween? I kind of fantasize sometimes about... Like, if I worked in an office where I would have to go to work every day and I would dress nice and I would, like, when you work for yourself out of your house, there's lots of days where you're just, like, rolling out of bed, making a coffee, staying in your scrubs, excuse me, until you're, like, finished doing your laundry and whatever. And then you're working your way. And the only time you get ready is to film. <laughs> and then right after you're done filming, you wash it all off. Because, like, right now I've got false lashes i've got foundation on i've got all sorts of contour my lipstick you know like and to be honest it's pretty comfortable and also to be honest this costume is also pretty comfortable it might look a little like restraining and uncomfortable but it's it's quite nice um but it's it's all like fantasy stuff it's not like i'm getting dressed and putting effort into my outfit to go like and socialize i'm just filming and then taking it all off <laughs> so i'm like if i had like it'd be fun at least two days a week to go into the office have meetings sit down get complimented on the nice jacket that you bought because i've got some really nice like clothes that i never ever really get to wear anywhere and i'll the odd time i'll go for dinner or to the city or whatever but it's not the same i'm craving like a like an office environment <laughs> is that crazy um but my point of that is i like company halloween parties company christmas parties i mean i go to lots of different parties but it's like it's different but anyway i don't know what my point is with that but um i'm still debating i'm still debating a, a halloween party i'd really like to throw a halloween party but i really have to commit to an all-nighter because in my house i do have a couple spare beds and whatever but everybody will be drinking and I live in the boonies so it's like people will have to find rides home but most people let's be realistic are going to crash here so not only have to like plan to not go to bed till like 6 a.m but I also have to wake up with half of these people in my house 
So it's like, if I knew that they would come and go, not a problem. Because I know they're going to come and stay and not leave till like the next afternoon, that is what makes it tough. And which is okay. Once in a while, to be honest, it can be super fun. But yeah, Christmas, I think. It's not as crazy. Halloween is more crazy because people get like, they show up with no costume. I have six bins of costumes waiting. People get all dressed up. They're, they lose their inhibitions, not only just because they're drinking, but because they're dressed up and they're, they start having the time of their lives. Then the karaoke comes out. Then really people start losing their inhibition. There's never better karaoke than at a Halloween party because not only are they just like you know, they're obviously drinking, probably loaded up on a lot of like cookies, candies, sugar. And then they're dressed up. So they're like playing another character anyway. So then they can, I don't know, just saying, if you throw a Halloween party, make sure there's karaoke. Otherwise it's not a party. <laughs> I actually need to order a new karaoke machine because mine is abused. It's been borrowed. It's been this and like, it's missing a leg. So I have like a little, I have like a plastic bowl underneath one of, the, one of the legs. One of the microphones doesn't quite work. I just got to order like a whole new machine, probably a smaller machine. But anyway, that's that. Well, <laughs> that concludes episode 109 of Kitty Liquor. That's L-I-Q-U-O-R. Don't get it twisted. Please share your stories, your creepy stories, your whatever stories you want to share down below in the comments. And um, I just want to say thanks to everyone. I hope you have an amazing weekend. Check out my OF and Patreon um, right now. What day would this be going up? Hopefully on the 20th or the 21st. Um, the 21st to the 31st is my Halloween special on Patreon and OnlyFans. Um, so make sure you check that out. If you go to my Patreon page, you can find like a little kind of drawing not a drawing <laughs> photo but with like lots of information uh that will make more sense to you um but it's just an extra fun sexy time um and this is just a little small example i mean this is very pg compared to what i will be wearing on those um pages but just so you know um and i'm so excited for halloween next week is my final halloween episode and i've got some fun stuff planned and it's going to be awesome. So thank you all so much for watching and I'll see you in my next video. Bye.